All right. Welcome back to the Mouth and Off Sports Show. We are quarantined here on Zoom, coming to you all here in our respective uh, households, practicing social distancing, of course. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while, boys. Um, joined in, as always, with Zach Lacey, Ryan Brown, and Jonathan Selden. And it is uh, weird times, fellas, weird times. Um, just to start things off here, we have obviously the whole sports world collapsed since uh, last time we really uh, got to do this. So how do we feel? How do we feel with sports being gone? I know that's an obvious answer, but the uncertainty that comes with it, right? Like, we don't know when we're going to get sports again, whether it's the NBA, MLB, that's already been delayed, obviously, uh, NHL, NFL, college football, golf, everything. It's all gone. And, you know, we're left with classics and repeats and all this other stuff. Um, it's tough, man. It's tough. Uh, I know you guys all feel the same, but just initial reactions to all of this because we haven't really gotten to do it here. Man, dude, it's, uh, it's really weird not being able to turn on Sports Center and see the highlights from yesterday or even see Stephen A and all them doing their thing. But um, it's just crazy. I mean, you can't go outside and, like, do things. You can't go to restaurants. You can't do anything you want to do. I mean, Madeline and I just went to uh, Walmart to get the paints and stuff, and everybody's walking around with masks and gloves and signs yeah. everywhere stay six feet apart they got a thing going over the loudspeaker just keeps repeating social distancing and stuff it's just weird weird times yeah absolutely i was driving into work yesterday and you know you see those little uh digital signs that they always have and it you know is like emphasizing you know stay in quarantine and basically what you just said zach i mean reiterating all the same stuff and it's like I, on my radio, you know, when it shows like uh, the artist or the station um, ID and all that, it just says like, you know, practice social distancing and stay home pretty much is what it's telling you, even on the little radio thing. So yeah, man. And I just go out to get food. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, the biggest uh, sports thing we've had is when Madeline and I ran marble races in our basement and, uh, had you jabroni's bed on it <laughs> yeah that was was, uh, that's that's been the most exhilarating sports i've had in the last three weeks is <laughs> setting 17 losing 17 dollars and two rolls of toilet paper on <laughs> makeshift underground marble racing so that, that about sums up where i am right now in the current world situation uh it's just it definitely makes you step back and appreciate that everything that we had before the pandemic broke out and everything, and all the stay-at-home orders and all the lockdowns and all the social distancing came about. And I mean, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind. I mean, maybe a shred of a doubt, but like, the, I don't think I'll ever take for granted just a, a, a regular season game ever like ever again I probably will at some point but at least for the time being like I, I don't <laughs> just having nothing but replays like you said is is just I, I I'm, I'm already like 
to the point where I, I just can't. Yeah, I uh, I saw a tweet the other day, and it was like, man, I would kill someone right now for some disgusting Thursday night, like, Jags-Titans Thursday <laughs> night color rush game. <laughs> yes. Like, it's just stuff like that. Like, you're like, oh, this is a trash game. I'm not going to, like, watch this. But, like, going forward, like, especially because, I mean, you still got, I mean, at least, at least a month, probably at least two more months until any of the sports come back, at least, the way they're talking. Yeah, I mean, they just said, I think I saw tweets this morning that are like, the quarantine, like, whatever, should be released till April 30th. Mm-hmm. Another month of just people absolutely have to stay in their houses and not be in groups. Yeah, and that's going to be months after that, you get to a point where it's like you can have large-scale right. crowds and whatnot. If we're yeah. lucky. Yeah. yeah, every two weeks. Because, like, there's that – there's also that idea that's like floating around that like the summer is going to hurt the virus like it does the flu, but then in the fall, it's going to spike like right back up again, which is why they want to keep like everyone, you know, this summer like stuff will start to get back to normal, but like stuff like crowds and concerts and, you know, large gatherings still won't be allowed and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm worried that like, another two weeks go by, there's still plenty of people who aren't taking it serious enough. I mean, I just feel like, yeah, the summer, the hot weather could help it, but we don't even really know for sure. I mean, it's summer in Australia and Tom Hanks and his wife were still able to get it. I know that's like two people. I don't know how many people have it there, but uh, I'm just, I don't know. Like I have, I have hopes, high hopes, but um, I'm trying to keep them at bay a little bit because I don't want to be crushed if we get to like mid-May and they're like, well, summer's over, you know, like we're not doing this baseball. If they completely cancel that or if the NBA or NHL, you know, they're still like suspended. There's still like a chance. Once that is completely out the door, then I really start to worry because then it feels like they have some information that leads to believe that the NFL maybe wouldn't happen or maybe that gets pushed back. I don't know. It, it just all feels like surreal. Obviously we've never experienced anything like this. And I mean, this is one of those times where it's like, you know, you'll look back on it obviously, but it's so weird. I mean, ever since the Rudy Gobert night, nothing's been the same. Yeah. I want to, yeah, I'll definitely second your point on people not taking it serious. I, I work at a high school and it's closed, but the, the, the athletic fields aren't fenced off. So anyone could just walk up and use them. And last week I went on the 60 degree weather day. We had, I think it was last Friday. I had a group of 13 kids from the town just roll up and start running routes, playing football, all huddled together. Like, and I had to go out and tell them, dude, you gotta, you gotta split up into smaller groups, and they all they they just joked and laughed. Oh, six feet! Oh, six feet, everybody! And then a minute later, they're all huddled back together. And it's just like, and you see the, you see all the examples on social media of the, the spring breakers just completely blatantly ignoring all sort any any sort of advisory, any sort of advice, and it just makes you wonder like how how are we even close to like the, the worst of it like is the worst still to come yeah i mean 
I feel like we're still behind and the more people don't take it serious, the worse it's going to get. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, even like up till like a few days ago, there was like people still crowding, you know, some beaches that were still open in Florida. And then they had to shut those down. It's like, what are we doing? I mean, it's one thing if you're in like a group of like, you know, five people, whatever, you're not like all over each other, you're being careful. But like you said, Ryan, like 13 kids, like going to the field, huddled up and then making a mockery of it. It's like, that's got to be happening everywhere. And even in spots where it's not densely populated, those places are still going to get hit because I feel like they just haven't felt the effects of it yet where we're in, we're right outside of Boston, people in New York, uh, Chicago, LA, we already are getting, you know, the true impact of it. And it's probably going to last for who knows, who knows how long, because again, not enough people are taking it serious and it's not like they're going to get the army outside of our doors. I don't think that's going to ever happen, but like, I mean, come on, like they're kind of putting trust into the American people's hands here to be smart. Don't be a dumbass and go out and touch everything and TikTok challenges of these fucking kids licking toilets and shit. Like, get out of here, dude. I mean, that kid talking around it too. Yeah, yeah, I saw that that uh, that one dude who did it got corona. Um, yeah, I don't get it. It's like if we're being extra careful, so be it. I don't care if we're overreacting in any shape or form because if you underreact. It can only be a negative. There's no incentive to underreact to this kind of thing. I mean, we've seen it firsthand with um, people not taking it seriously. With, I mean, even with Nick going to freaking New York for the Big East tournament. Oh, Nick still yeah. isn't taking it seriously. No. No. But, like, when we, like, golfed, you know, in my backyard, you know, shout out TPC, Sadic Thorngrass, uh, you know, the little golf hole that, you know, we made in my backyard, shout out quarantine life this is what it's come to got to golf in my backyard it's only four of us we're spread apart we're not you know all over each other we're doing air pumps and stuff like that it's like only four of us so you know we're using our own ball and you know own clubs and like it's not like any of us are really being stupid about it you know i obviously if you have to work you have to work you know and it's just even that it's like it's not even work now like I don't know about you Ryan you know how much you know you've seen it but like with me I work at a hotel there's three guests in my hotel last night I'm sitting there watching Guardians of the Galaxy you know like just chilling yeah I uh, aside from just checking to make sure there are no like big groups on the field on like the athletic fields like I I'm just sitting around at my desk doing basically yeah. nothing I'm the, I'm the same as you like I, I spent most of the last week just watching old Wrestlemania's that's literally that's literally what I did at work it's weird I, mean, I think you gotta treat it like you have to treat it like a war but the problem is is that it's very easy to comprehend like you're in a war and you have to stay in a shelter because bombs are being dropped around you and they could kill you it's not as easy to comprehend that there's this invisible thing floating in the air that you might have that could kill someone. Yeah. And like one 
one good analogy or comparison I saw is like, especially if you're like someone our age, you know, almost like act like you're carrying it. Almost like act as though you could be spreading it at any moment because you know, you could, I mean, naturally if you're going out and stuff, just, you got to wash your hands. You got to be careful. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. I mean, you got to act as though, you know, it's beyond you almost beyond your control. Like maybe you're carrying it. So just be extra careful. I mean, it's not, it's really not that hard. And I don't know why a lot of people can't seem to do it. It's weird. They just can't handle having their life completely disrupted and, and they can't adjust. If it's not their way, it's the highway. And uh, it's, it's, it's just it, the, the inability for people to just adjust to, to new circumstances is, is truly baffling at times. I mean, it's like you said, it's not that hard of an ask to just sit at home and just mind your own business and try and go about life as normal as possible. And people just, <laughs> they just can't, a lot of people just can't accept it and they have to, and they just think that they're on it. Yeah. And again, like no sports, the way that unfolded, I just, I've never seen anything quite like uh, that 48 hour stretch from that, that Wednesday, I forget the exact date into that like Saturday, everything got shut down. MLB, NBA, NHL, uh, pretty much everything. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even like that Saturday. It was basically by, it was Wednesday night, Gobert yeah, tested positive. I think it was like, the 11th. NBA canceled, and then basically when you woke up on Thursday, everything else was canceled too. Except for the Big East tournament, which went yes. until Wednesday, uh, Thursday afternoon. Yes, which actually played one half. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just unacceptable that's just... everyone knows everyone knows the biggie schools you know it's not the ivy league you know you're talking about Ian. <laughs> not very smart i guess nah and it's definitely uh, definitely has its runs its course up up into the uppers but so i want to uh, sorry Zay, i want to ask you guys one thing real quick do you think like, what are what is the percentage chance that the NFL gets pushed back at the very least? In your very mind, very high. I mean, you got to think camps start in the summer. Like that stuff's gonna get pushed back. I I don't see them start until maybe October, November. Yeah, I agree. I'd say that's the likely the likely stretch right there. I mean, especially if you're having all the other sports get pushed back and if if the NBA and NHL want to resume and they keep going and they end up playing having their championships in September, the NFL's not going to want to compete with that on the weekends. So, like, it's going to be a whole scheduling problem, too, of people trying to work around that kind of stuff. Right. I don't see it starting on time at all. Uh, yeah, I also don't see it starting on time, but I think if any sport has the best chance to have a full season, it's obviously the NFL because they don't start until September. Yeah, they're the only the one that hasn't season. started. Yeah, so this is this has come at a beneficial time for the NFL 
The NFL is actually, I mean, they're, they're a loser overall. I mean, every sport's a loser, but they are the least loser because there's no doubt in my mind that this year's NFL draft that is 100% okay. going on, it will be the most highly watched draft in the history of sports by far. Yeah. Dude, we're I mean, all going to be – It's going to be like this – it's going to be like the Super Bowl with the amount of people that watch it, honestly. Like, it's, it's going to be that big of a deal because it'll be – at least a month and a half since the last sports. There's going to be like eight of us in sitting in a Zoom chat watching the draft and just reacting live to it. Of <laughs> them going, of Goodell saying into a Zoom thing, oh, this person's been drafted, and then they're going to shoot over to another Zoom of the person, the kid in this house <laughs> crying, and they're going to Zoom back to <laughs> fucking Jay Gruden or somebody. And, all these Mel Kuyper and Kirk Herbstreit in their own homes, zooming all over the place. <laughs> Just Everyone's so- zooming. It's gonna be wild. Oh, I better really not get talked into a live bet. Better not be. But it's uh, gonna happen. You will. Well, we'll have the we'll have the mock draft oh, 4.0. I think this is 4.0 this year. One for the books. <laughs> Little Mike gets one right. Every year, Mothra. Yikes. <laughs> but, I mean, speaking of NFL, at least we may not have any live sports, but we've at least had something in the form of NFL free agency. Yeah. Is that right, Dan? Yeah, I, I think Dan would have rather had no- nothing than I have don't had recall. to live through NFL free agency. Yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about that. Um, you ate a lot of crow, Dan. I woke up that fateful morning. What was it? I think it was a St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. One first with a text from my stepdad, Craig, which just holy shit, all caps. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then I just go to Twitter and IG and I see the post and I just wanted to go back to sleep for the next week. I was so fucking pissed off. I'm still mad. I don't even know what stage I'm in. That's how mad I am. Like, Tampa Bay, Tom. Tampa fucking Bay. <laughs> You're going to drink paint with Bruce Arians, huh? You're going to do that to me? You know what the best part is, Dan, is that it wasn't even the, the Bucks going and pitching to Brady. Brady went to the Bucks and pitched himself to them. Yeah, that, I feel sick. But hey, we tried to tell you that there was a realistic chance that he left. We tried to tell you that. And you and Marcus and all these other diehard Pats Brady fans just were too blind to see it, to, too blind to acknowledge the chance. And now look where you are. Well, it's Belichick's fault. That's all I know. Wow. Apparently, they never even made an offer to him. There was no offer. Bill probably shot a snot rocket in Tom's face and said, one year, 12 million, take it or leave it. He would have taken that. You thought he was going to take that. Nope. I never said 12 million. I said he needed at least two years with a fair market value offer, somewhere in the low 20s. But then, like, the day prior, 
we franchise uh, Joe Tooney, we re-sign McCordy. All of a sudden, all the money's gone. That's when it started to hit me like, oh, no, this ain't good. We have no more money. Really? I, I recall differently than that. How so? I remember Tooney got franchised, and then they announced uh, the Titans had signed Tannehill, and then Merguis was in the chat like, look at how – Look at how everything's changed. And you guys were like, yeah, look at how everything's changed, man. There's no market for him. He's coming back. Well, not exactly. I mean, like, I, I was I was hoping for that, obviously. Like, yeah, his market was shrinking. I mean, Vegas Raiders weren't there. It was the Chargers or the Bucks or the Pats. And I think the only way he would have went out west is if he got that 49ers uh, trade or, or whatever. Uh, signing and then they trade Jimmy G or whatever but yeah I I don't know when the money started getting spent I was getting worried but at the same time his market was shrinking so like I don't know I just thought maybe there's a chance last second like when he went to crafts they got on the phone with Bill maybe there's a coming to Jesus moment with the three of them there but obviously that didn't happen dude I gotta be honest when the tight when Titans re-signed Tannehill I overwhelmingly thought Brady was coming back. I didn't even think about the Bucks like at all. Like, yeah, it, I don't know. It it just didn't cross my mind. But I mean, when he when Brady looks at it, fucking Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, OJ Howard, Cameron Brady, like their offense is loaded, and yeah. James Winston is trash, and he still put up huge numbers. So they want to give him twenty five million a. Guaranteed for two years for him to go play with that offense. I don't blame him. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks that he's gone and that we have to deal with Stidham now. Or we'll see what they do with the draft, but. Yeah. I'll say one more thing. I'm What I'm more pissed off about is not, maybe not so much that they didn't figure it out here because it, it got so messy at the end. But go back. After the uh, biggest comeback in Super Bowl history against the Falcons, year after, throws for over 500 yards, amazing performance uh, against the Eagles in 52. How is there not a deal? How does he not get the Breeze deal back then? Like, how do they not give him that kind of offer? That's the way the Bills worked with everybody is that if you're not – or he thinks you're worth, then you're gone. It's just, they gave him a contract that was so incentive-laden. And, I mean, I, I know, like, Bill's always operated like that, but I just feel like at that point, that's where things really fell apart. And Brady was like, what the F? And then he loses Gronk the year after, after they beat the Rams in 53. And Edelman... Edelman's older. He's going to be 34 in May. I mean, that's crazy. So, like, yeah, this offense is aged with him. And, yeah, I mean, he's obviously in a better spot now, just offensively. But I don't know. We'll see how, you know, how he adjusts. You know, Bruce Arians, and he's worked with a lot of great QBs, so not saying he can't make it work with Tom, but we'll see. Tom's 43 with a whole new system, whole new atmosphere, not really the most – well-run franchise. I mean, 
to be honest, but I don't know. We'll see. I think he'll have a really good year. I I'm do. looking forward to it. I, I think the Bucks. I don't know how good overall the Bucks are going to be. They're probably like a 10 and 6, 11 and 5 team in the regular season, but their offense, I mean, that offense, as Zach said, is absolutely loaded. And especially if there there's the report that came out that they were going to sign AB, then the report came out they're not going to sign AB. So they're probably not going to sign AB, but. Arian like, said no. No way. Man, that offense is like Cameron Brait is like, he's their backup tight end, and he's like at least 10 times better than any tight end on the Pagers right now. Oh, easily. <laughs> yep. I mean, if you were to draft, if you were to draft the Patriots or the Bucks offense right now, the Bucks would have at least the first, like of skill positions, they would have the first five or six picks. Maybe you can uh, make an argument for Edelman, but that's it. Maybe James White, but that's it. That's it. That's it. Five or six? That's a lot. I mean, the two wide receivers, the two tight ends, the quarterback. You're not, you're not, taking, you're not taking a backup tight end over Edelman. Are we, ta- are we talking like Edelman's, are we talking Edelman's like a fa- like, like, fa- like fantasy or like um I don't know just maybe like who I mean if you're going like <laughs> position wise then like if you're drafting position wise I guess so like you go wide receivers you you take their two wide receivers before you take Edelman yeah and then the tight ends you, you take, take their two guys end. before you take any tight end on the Patriots yeah. Um, I take and then, right over Ronald Jones. Yeah, probably. And I don't know really the line situation, but I know they did sign some offensive linemen the other day. And then they, their defense played good the last like five or six weeks of the season. I mean, I had them in fantasy, and they were cooking as, de- as a yeah. The best the best thing about this is that Brady is really good with the ball, and. Problem is their defense, they were getting put in, like, awful positions last year because Winston would just turn the ball over. I mean, he throws 30 picks, yeah. Yeah. So, like, Brady obviously isn't going to throw 30 picks, but, like, he's just going to be so much better that even the drives they don't score on, it's not like he's going to throw a pick. They'll punt deep, and the defense will, you know, the opposing offense will have to go 80 yards as opposed to needing to go 30 yards to score a touchdown. Right. Over under, Patriot wins this year. I'd set it at like eight and a half. That's where I would have it. And no, I was gonna say seven and a half. But. I like the I like the under. I think they're seven and nineteen. Yeah. I yeah I I I honestly think they either go like seven and nine or like nine and seven. You know I think there's a few games divisionally there that kind of a a toss-up, like, we'll see, but the Bills got so much better. I would probably pick the over, just because again, you still have Belichick. What? Sorry. (laughs) I just got a meeting alert that they have removed the 40-minute time limit on your first group meeting. Are you serious? We love that! I wish I could have known that. (laughs) Oh, well, you can do it next time, and then they'll just take it away next time. Okay. Unless they're listening yeah. to me right now. And just, just keep rotating around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, but, yeah, I would if – if you're setting the over-under at eight and a half, I'm actually going to take the over just because 
I you still have a good core, a good systematic core in place. And again, you like you said, you're in the AFC East. Yes, Buffalo is definitely getting better. They traded for Stephon Diggs, um, but the Dolphins they can make all the signings they want until they actually start to show it on the field. They're still the Dolphins, and the Jets are the Jets. So that's that's at least a couple, if three, maybe even four wins right there. I mean, I I, I still think they can they can be an above five hundred ball club. I just think that they're strong. They're sort of script their stronghold over the AFC and the AFC East is is about to end. Yeah, I honestly think they're going to be fighting with the Jets for last place in the AFC East. You you got the Dolphins making a breakout year? Oh yeah. <laughs> the Dolphins yeah. are actually going to have with, a good defense. Tannehill knows how to win. Games. I mean, not Tannehill. Fitzpatrick knows how to win games. And two are going to be there for And the Dolphins are going to be a problem for a while. Um, do they if they get Preston they get Preston Williams back and uh, who's the other wide receiver that did? Devontae Adams. I don't know, Devontae no, no Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. <laughs> Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker. Yeah, watch out for that, dude. Uh, yeah, Ryan, I like the under just because of their schedule next year. I don't think they're gonna be like a tr- like a trash trash team, but they got a tough schedule next year. I got their opponents pulled up here, so like their road schedule. At the Bills, probably a loss. At the Dolphins, probably a loss. At the Jets, toss-up. At KC, loss. At Houston, loss. At Chargers, toss-up. At Seahawks, loss. At Rams, I don't know about that one. And then you got Ravens at home, probably a loss. 49ers at home, probably a loss. You know, Bills at home, that probably a loss. The Bills are going to be pretty good. I mean, that's how many losses is that right there? That's like eight or nine one. losses right there. So they they got that's a lot more than one loss, but yeah. No, no, I, that's like eight or nine losses right there. Yeah, but also at the same time, if you win a couple of those, if you steal a couple of those, and then you handle business against the rest of your schedule, that's nine and seven, easy. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't it see really them stealing stuff like that situation right i agree i don't trust do you are you confident in Sidham as your day one starter next year because i oh, no, no no i'm not and that's i'm basing my over on the fact that they're going to address the quarterback situation whether that be a trade for matthew stafford which i hope they don't do or signing cam newton to a one-year prove-it deal or moving up in the draft for once to get whoever they deem to be the next guy for them. Um, I, I feel like they are, Bill's going to address he's, – he's going to do one of two things. He's either going to address the quarterback situation and still try and compete and sort of, sort of keep us – try and prove that he doesn't need Brady to make a deep playoff run, or he's just going to tank for Trevor Lawrence. I don't see him tanking. I don't think they – I just think the defense is still has enough talent that they they are not going to be like 2-14 and 14 or 3-13. There's and 13. too many vets on that team still that are good enough that they're not going to – they're not going to tank. I mean, the but, defense, is good. defense is good enough to keep them in games, but are, are they going to be historic to the level where 
they can just carry and don't have to worry about Stidham blowing games. Yeah, and we saw what happened last year when the defense was asked to do that. They could do that against crap offenses, but whenever they faced a good offense, they couldn't they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. They they let up 28, 35 points a game and the offense couldn't was nowhere to be found. Yeah, I mean, and the real question also is is how good is Sidham at game managing? You know, is he there? You've seen game managers in the NFL, they can win, you know, 10, 11 regular season games. Heck, the last year a game manager even got to the Super Bowl. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see Fuck going you. forward. So much. <laughs> it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how much Sidham can, you know, game manage because I, I'm not even convinced he's good enough to be a game manager. I don't I don't think he's very good at all. Even if he is, even if he is, like, pretty decent, imagine having to fill the shoes of the greatest of all time no matter how good you are. Yeah, that's you're, a lot. You're stepping, you're stepping in after a 20-year all-time historic dynasty is shifting. Now you're the next guy. Oh, my God. I'd be shitting my pants. Oh, so, my. Do you think that's going to distract anyone from wanting to come be that next guy? Do you think the Patriots are going to be stuck with Stidham or whoever they draft? I don't think it's going to deter anyone, but I think you're still going to be hard-pressed because your cap situation is very rough right now. I think they're under a million in space. So, I don't know. <laughs> Muhammad Sanu going to have to take a huge pay cut. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just I, – I feel like – I feel like – it's just it's gonna gonna come down to the quarterbacks, and I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think it all comes down to the quarterback. If if they roll Stidham out there, and they and they roll the dice, and they say, all right, show show us what you got, I I I think that yeah, the under the under in your scenario is most likely gonna hit. If they decide to go out and trade for a quarterback like Stafford, uh, I think they can still be fairly competitive. I, I think they can definitely push for nine nine wins for sure. And if they, they sign a guy like Cam Newton, I think they could do they could definitely be a nine, ten win team. Um, but it just really depends on how they choose to address the quarterback situation. Uh, we should have a pretty good indication uh, of what their intentions are to address that uh, come the draft. If if you see the Lions trade up to get a quarterback then you can almost bet that they're going to trade Stafford to somebody and the Patriots might be that team. Well, the Lions don't need to trade up. They, they have the, the third pick. Yeah, but what if they want uh, Tua? Or what if they want um, the other guy? Burrow. Herbert? Yes. Uh, I mean, the Bengals aren't trading one, number one. They're going to keep – they're keeping Burrow. So, who's – don't the Dolphins have two? No, 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 it's a five. So our words have two, and they're taking yeah. Chase Young. Yeah, they're taking Chase. I mean, they could – I mean if, – If there's a team that really wants Tua, they could trade – I mean, yeah. they could trade with Detroit. You could trade two and three, yeah. possibly. But I don't know why Detroit would trade if, – If Washington's so set on chasing, taking Chase Young, then Detroit doesn't need to trade with them to two because they're each getting who they want. 
were in the position that they are right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It's just, if you do see the Lions take a quarterback, which all indications are that they probably will, then you you have to believe that Stafford's time there is is dwindling, if not. So you, you think Stafford's on the move? I, I'm inclined to believe that, yeah. I haven't seen I, I haven't seen many I've seen a few mock drafts with the, the uh Lions taking a quarterback, but most of them have them taking that uh cornerback out of Ohio State. Also though, if if you're if you're Matt Patricia, right, and you roll with Matt Stafford for a third straight year and you suck again, your ass could be out the door. Yeah. Why not why not rip the band aid off, trade Stafford for whatever, get some cap room and get a new guy and maybe you're not quite uh as pressed on your third year there and not quite on the hot seat just yet yeah i mean that's a fair point i think definitely if they hold on to stafford and they have a bad year again patricia's definitely getting fired yeah Deep kid. all right we're recording word so we're back. Um, what were we talking about? The Lions. The Lions. <laughs> Sheesh. Yeah, that's where we're at. <laughs> they probably heard us talking about the Lions, so they just cut us out. Thanks. <laughs> um, but in reality, we were really talking about what the Patriots are going to do. Yeah. Uh, well, how do you guys think they've done so far in the offseason? Obviously, losing Brady definitely hurts. Maybe not in the long term, but at least in the short term, it's definitely a hit. And, I mean, they they lose Kyle Van Noy. They lose Jamie Collins, Danny Shelton. Uh, they, they lose Harmon. Kostowski. Kostowski released, Landon Roberts, Ted Karras. I mean, and their, their uh, response to that is to sign safety slash special teamers Adrian Phillips and fullback Danny Vitel. You got an F. Um, F I mean, they've definitely gotten a lot worse. Definitely not any better, this free agency. Um, yeah. I'm not like I I don't really I'm not upset with any of the people that they really lost. Van Noy, I don't he's an okay player. I don't really I think he's he talks too much for the way he plays. I think he's got gets paid and shuts it down written all over him. Uh same with Collins, who already did that once. Um it would have been nice to have one of them back, but it's not like I'm crying because they went and got paid over $10 million. Um, yeah. I'm okay with them leaving. Shelton, whatever. They'll probably replace him in the draft. I think they signed. A, they did some sign fat, somebody. Some fat stuff to replace him. And, uh, I mean, Harmon, they got rid of voluntarily. Gustavo, they got rid of voluntarily. Um, so, no, I mean, I give him like a D minus. But they've done – they've really done nothing. I mean, it's clearly a team that is not 
they're not gonna this is gonna be weird because they are basically preparing for the future and they're not gonna be competing for a Super Bowl next year for the first time in our entire lives. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, when Brady went down in uh what was that? Oh, oh nine. Oh nine, oh eight, yeah. And Castle stepped in. I mean, I'm sure we we wrote them off then. Uh, for making uh, a championship run, they still went eleven and five. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs, but eleven and five for the backup quarterback is nothing to sneeze at. But yeah, this is just going to be weird, and uh, especially us, we've been over Brady's career, and it is—it's just going to be weird going in with very lower expectations than we're accustomed to being used to for the New England Patriots and just going in knowing that the Super Bowl is highly unlikely to borderline impossible for them again. It, it's, 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 it's just, it's weird to say that. It's yeah, weird to say yeah. that. I better have a good fantasy team. That's all I'm going to say. Huh. <laughs> right yeah. so that's all I'm going to have in the fall is my fantasy team. I'm not ready for any of this, to be quite honest. <laughs> not, not prepared. Not ready. Yeah, I'll be watching every Bucks game. He's gonna be on prime time every other effing week. I'm excited to watch the Bucks. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna get that uh, cream school jersey. <laughs> that thing's fire. I don't know about that. Okay. Well, I mean, Tom Brady's not. The Patriots obviously haven't been doing anything in free agency, but. A lot of other teams have. Uh, I know we already mentioned Tannehill. He re-signed big time with the Titans, four years, 118 mil. Uh, but there's been a lot of other movement around the league too. And I don't know where you guys want to start. Uh, I have a list here that I can just roll right through, and you guys can just uh, give me your thoughts if you I'll like. I'll tell you what. Uh, Bill O'Brien should be fired. Right now, we will get to that. That is that is that is one of the trades that went down during free agency. That needs to be addressed. We will get there. Uh, how about we start out with Philip Rivers going to the Indianapolis Colts for one year, twenty-five mil. Big contract. The way he played last year definitely wasn't worth twenty-five million. But if he's got something in the tank. That team is pretty good around him. Um, I think that the Colts can make some noise, honestly. I mean, they got a tough – I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the AFC South on paper is actually looking like a decent division next year. It'll be competitive. I don't know if it'll be good because, obviously, with the aforementioned trade of DeAndre Hopkins – the Houston Texans are going to take a step back. There's no way they do not. Well, unless you say the loss of Hopkins, and unless Watson, you know, takes another leap forward because the quarterback position is by far, you know, the most important deal. In, in which case, they're still a, like an 11 and 5, 10 and 6 team. And the Tennessee Titans seem to be right there with them. Like you said, the Colts could be right there with them. They're capable. The, the Jags are just 
their, yeah. their tank. This is, that's, that is the most obvious tank of all in football right now. They, they want Trevor Lawrence next year. It, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, but that, that could be a three-team division for sure. But I don't think you're, we're talking like, like high-quality teams in that division. I think we're talking about a, a bunch of like 9, 7, 10, 16 sort of like we did last year. But they could be capable of making a surprise run like Tennessee did. Right. I just think it's better than the AFC South that you've seen, you know, in previous years where it's just an absolute basement seller of teams, just absolute trash cans. Yeah, like the NFC East last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Austin Hooper to the Browns. Browns year, baby. We're so back. Browns offense is loaded. So they were loaded stuff. last year too, and then they did jack shit. Yeah, well, now, now they got they got that trash coach Freddie Kitchens out. So year of Baker. Look, no. I love Baker. I hope he does well, but He's got to show me something eventually, man. They they just got to run the Baker play more often, man. <laughs> Look, the I I'm with Zach. The the Browns we hyped them up last year, and then I'm all in. They absolutely laid an egg. They just absolutely did not show up at <laughs> all whatsoever. Dan was in and out so many <laughs> times last year. He couldn't make up his mind whether he loved them or hated them. Now he's back <laughs> on the, the hype train. Oh, yeah. Browns. yeah when That's the Browns – All of three weeks. Yeah, when the so Browns bad. are one and three through week four, he'll be, he'll be out. He'll be yep. out on them again. Yep. They ain't going to go one and three, bitch. And then they'll win two games in a row. Dan will hop back on. <laughs> the worst bandwagoner of all time. Nah, we're, we're firmly – I got my seat. I got courtside seats on the we? Browns train. I said – well, me. Ah, okay. I do. Y'all will yeah. join at some point. From, but from a from a football standpoint, Austin Hooper to the Browns. I don't know if I like it. I'm obviously that makes that offense. There's just now there's just skill players, high level skill players all across the field for them. It's what they put it together last year. They couldn't. So I don't know if adding a high-profile tight end is going to make the difference or not. I I, I genuinely don't. So I, I think that he, he could he could be the difference, and this this is going to work out well for both parties. Or it, it could just be another 10 mil a year that the Browns have just thrown at someone that they're not going to get much out of. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally – I feel you. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm in on right the Browns. There. They're loaded. But they, they do have to prove it. I'll say this about the DeAndre Hopkins uh, trade to the Cardinals. Could Kyler Murray be the Lamar Jackson of last year, the Pat Mahomes of two years ago? Dude, I already said it in the chat. I put it in right when this trade went down. Kyler Murray's going to win the MVP next year. So Zach's firmly think, in on that. Yep. I think. I think he's going to be a top five quarterback off the board next year in fantasy. That's for sure. I love him in fantasy next year. Who, who wouldn't throw to Larry Fitz and DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, and he runs. Uh, but yeah, so the, the the trade, if you for most most people have heard, if you haven't, DeAndre Hopkins got shipped out to Arizona uh, for David Johnson at a second round pick. 
this is not the David Johnson of old that was like the first guy off the board in fantasy drafts. This is the David Johnson that lost his job in Arizona to Kenyon Drake, amongst others, and Chase Edmonds, and could never get back and was literally not even getting reps, let alone carries. Um, Bill O'Brien going to try another traveled running back. And apparently he just – that's the best you can get for the be- one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the game. And that's, that's pretty tough. Dude loves trading for running backs. Trading for Duke Johnson, what, last year? Yep. Like, figure it out. Um, trading for uh, Carlos Hyde. I mean, <laughs> just give me your – Give me your old time-traveled running backs, and I will do little to nothing with them. That is Bill O'Brien's motto. Yeah, pretty hey, much. Maybe we can trade a, a second-round pick in Stidham for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I mean – I would I try. Think, I don't think Bill O'Brien says no. Yeah, Bendy. Uh, if, if you're willing to, to give up on negotiations with your, your best player, arguably, and just because – there's a, too much of a gap money-wise, and you're willing to just trade him away for a washed-up running back and a sort of kind of high draft. <laughs> two, two. Kids got the Rona. Oh my God! Sneezing Get him away from my screen. Sneezing is not a symptom. Uh, you don't know that. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, it, it is mind-boggling. Like, the, the decision-making in that organization is just top-level shit. I mean, the only way Bill O'Brien is justified in this is, like, the 1% probability that Hopkins completely falls off the face of the earth, has, like, under 50 catches, like, a touchdown. Yeah, he, has, like, and, a, he, he has, like, a serious injury, like a fluke injury where he, like, he's out for the season and he never comes back to I mean I just don't I just don't David Johnson I mean that guy is so he's just washed he's so washed he's the worst running back in the league I mean I've been saying that for almost a year now so yeah but we know why you've been saying that (laughs) and Madden knew what was up (laughs) Uh, so yeah there's that Uh, let's see Teddy Bridgewater going to the Carolina Panthers for 20 mil, 21 mil a year for three years. How do we feel good about for that? Him, good for Teddy. He, he knows he's good, dude. And him, he's going to dump off the Christian McCaffrey a lot. And when I get the first pick, because I'll rig the draft again, McCaffrey's going to cook. So that right, division so. is going to be electric, though. I mean, you got Bridgewater, Breeze, Brady, and I don't know the Matt Ryan. Ryan. Matt Ryan. There you go. Who only won an MVP <laughs> three years ago. <laughs> that division is loaded. I mean, that uh, – I saw a tweet. It was like the NFC South uh, DBs are like – they got their work cut out for them. I mean, the offensive talent in that division is absurd. I mean – Unless the defenses are really good, you, you should be looking at, like, shootouts. You know, like uh, the Big 12 of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. Just not, oh, yeah. like, 72-65 Texas Tech. 
can't stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more, more modest, like 48, 45. Sort of like that Monday night football game from last year. Yeah, or uh, New Orleans and San Francisco. That really good game last year, too. True, 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 true. Um, any other interesting you guys want to talk about? I like the Diggs trade to Buffalo. Do you, do you feel like they gave up too much, though? Um, they have a first-round pick, right? They gave and up a, little, a first, little. a fifth, a sixth, and then a fourth in next year draft. And didn't, did they get any picks, too? I, they might have gotten, like, a late-round pick. I, I don't know. Um, I like the – I don't mind the fit, but I do feel like Stefan Diggs and John Brown are – I think Stefan Diggs is a better version of John Brown. John Brown's a little bit faster, but I feel like they play the wide receiver position similarly. Yeah, but Josh Allen's got that big-ass arm, and he loves throwing it deep, so that's good to have two of those guys, I guess. Yeah. yeah. They already got Colt Beasley over the middle. Yep. Yeah. And, I think uh, Diggs is more – like, Diggs is a bit more over the middle, too. Like, I think now they can really spread the defense around, so – John Brown has a better chance to take the top off when Diggs is going to be getting doubled and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I like Buffalo. They got – they're building something out there. You know, yes. Dawson Knox, Singletary, Diggs, Brown, Beasley. I mean, when you look at the the Hopkins trade, yes, the Bills gave up too much for Diggs. But would you take Stephon Diggs with your first-round pick, like a middle-round pick this year? Yes, you would. Yeah. And then, I mean, other than that, a fourth, fifth, whatever, fourth, fifth, sixth, like, who gives a shit? Yeah, I, I like the deal for Buffalo. Tough blow for Minnesota. They're probably going to draft a wide receiver in the first round. Yeah, I know. It, it was pretty obvious that Diggs wanted out of there. So. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the only one, other one that I want to mention is Todd Gurley. He was released by the Rams, and in less than 24 hours, he signed with the Falcons, who lost uh, Devontae Freeman. Uh, that could be – I don't know if that – I want to call that a – I don't think it's a game changer because Todd Gurley's also another guy that just seems like he's, he's, his best days are behind him. But at the same time, he's one year away from – exploding like his his like per per yard yards per carry was was on par for the most part I believe with his MVP season it was a little down it's just he wasn't getting the usage the Rams were too scared to run him into the ground because of his knees yeah it'll be yeah, he had a stupid amount of carries that year before and the running backs now just aren't so able to handle that kind of punishment for that that amount of time but it is weird to see him just absolutely fall off a cliff like best running back in football to being cut the next year like wild. yeah i i don't know how big of an impact he's going to have in atlanta i think a lot of it's going to depend on the health of atlanta's offensive line um they have all first round picks across the board on all 11 of their offensive starters projected for next year, first-round picks. Not that that means that they're any good, 
but um, I think Gurley can make an impact, but I wouldn't get my hopes up. I still feel like he'll be drafted in the late second or third round of fantasy next year. I ain't touching him. Which is like, but he definitely has really good RB1 upside if he can stay healthy, but that's the big question. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how much motivation he has because he's a Georgia kid. He's back in Georgia. I mean, I feel like that could play a real role in yeah. helping or it could play a real role in hurting him if, you know, he starts, you know, hanging out with people he used to or not even in shape or whatnot. Mm. Definitely. Dan, you want to chime in here? Uh, yeah, I don't have too much to add. Um, I mean, yeah, the Bills trade is huge. Just getting more weapons around Josh Allen is huge. Uh, for his development, if he's going to be their franchise guy going forward, you got to have uh, some talent around him. And, yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty bummed. I mean, yeah, we got some action with the uh, free agency, but, you know, as a Pats fan, it, it honestly sucked ass. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I kind of, I kind of want to talk about this idea about the uh, NBA in Las Vegas. I don't know if you have anything written down about that, Ryan. The say that again. The NBA in Las Vegas. I have not heard anything about it. Uh, oh, really? Please. The NBA has this idea that they'll come back over the summer eventually in like July or whenever, and they'll house everyone in hotels in Las Vegas and play out the end of the regular season and then have like some tour, some sort of tournament um, in Las Vegas. Nothing's final yet, but what I would like to see if I was them would be if they come back because I – I think the NBA has the best chance of coming back. Of If you were to say the three sports of the MLB, NHL, and NBA, I think the NBA has the best chance of coming back because, one, they have the least amount of people. Two, they but can play. The most physical contact. Play in warmer weather, whereas the NHL, it's very hard to play when it's 100 degrees out in half your markets in August. And um, – what? You think the hockey rink's going to melt? I, they have real issues when they have warm weather in the um, Stanley Cup Finals. It's not going to melt. It's indoors. I'm just telling you, they have real issues with it. I mean, I, I would say the NHL is more physical as well, though. I would disagree with that. I mean, you got guys without any protection or anything, that, and they're just their bodies, and they're touching each other every time down the floor. I think the the thing is that the NBA has a lot less people on the teams than the NHL does, which helps the NBA as please. But what I want to see would be, this is in my dream world, because you're not going to have the rest of the regular season, and then the playoffs are not going to be four rounds of seven-game series and whatnot. I would like to see you have, like, five or six games – um, and they make the schedule specifically designed by like teams that are 
competing like with each show like the the teams that are like seven through ten would play each other like twice or whatnot so you determine you get that fixed up and stuff like that and then you would have 16 teams make playoffs top eight from the west top eight from the east and you would have a bracket because they're all playing in las vegas you would have just like one side of a of the bracket one through 16 and the first rounds would be best two out of three and you would go best two out of three until you got to the eastern conference finals and western conference well the final four i guess technically and then you would have best of five and then the finals itself would be best of seven that would be my dream scenario so you want to sort of experiment with the a new playoff format that they've sort of the idea that you 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 mentioned is sort of in that proposal yeah. where they would well, it's been hinted it. it's been hinted at before going one yeah. through sixteen. And also, if if you take the current format, having the seven and ten sort of do a play-in game to get in, that's also been been floated around as well. Um, I, I'm obviously at this point, I'll take anything. Um, but if I, I would, I would, I don't mind that that setup. Obviously, you can't have it be single elimination. Because right. that was that was something that I heard that they want to do single elimination, but I don't I don't like that. Even the first round, I don't like single elimination. The single elimination would make things interesting for sure, but because basketball is such a star-driven sport, like whoever has whichever team has the most stars is going to inevitably win. But if you do make it, it I just don't know if making it turning it from a best of seven where the stars are inevitably going to come through or uh in some cases they don't but in most cases the team with the most stars is going to win that series if you take it and you make it just a, a do or die winner go winner takes all game anything could happen anything could happen but nba nba is still the one where it's the least likely to see an upset you hardly ever see upsets in the best of sevens. And I, I, I don't even know if making it single elimination would would change that. It would definitely bring in a lot more ratings, I think. Like, even more than what it does now. Because, like, seven-game series, if the Celtics aren't playing, I'm not watching any of it until it's, like, a set, game seven. If, if it's a single yeah. elimination thing, like, March Madness, I'll probably watch most of the games. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I I mean, I'm not I'm typically not watching most of the games early on in a series unless I have a particular interest in it. Um, but that, that I, I my only concern is like with with the single elimination, it could definitely make things interesting. I just think that it in the NBA it's the least likely league for a single elimination postseason tournament to sort of make things interesting. Like if you do that in the NHL, we could have last year all over again, where number one, like division winners are getting upset and swept right off the bat. Uh, I, you, you can see that in baseball. We, we've, we've seen plenty of wildcard teams make a run and win it all. But you never see that in the NBA, and I don't even know if single elimination would change that. But isn't it more likely that we see an upset with 
the one-game series versus seven-game series? No, I, I, I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I am just saying that I still think, because the NBA is so star-driven, I still think the stars, the, like the, the star part of it, it's, it just, it's above that. It's above a one-game you might see a couple of upsets, but I really don't think you'll see as, that many. You might see a couple more than usual, but I, I don't think it'll be as much of a difference. Dan, do you have an opinion? Sorry, I, I had to respond to a few emails. Um, yeah, so like with the whole single elimination thing, I in the first round, I'm fine with it for like this year if they were to do it. Um, like Zach said, I think you would attract uh, higher ratings for that said game. At the same time, like I think the better team or the higher seed is going to win a lot more often than not still. But at least you give, you know, an inferior team somewhat of a chance you know, when you're really not going to have much of a chance at all in the first round. The first round of the, in uh, the NBA is usually chalk. So. so, I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how all these leagues, uh, I don't know, handle this whole thing. Yeah, I don't think – I don't think – Baseball is coming back this year. Baseball came out and they said last week that they don't want to play until it's safe to have – basically, they came out and said they don't want to play until they it's safe to have fans in the stands because they don't want to play in front of empty stadiums. Yeah. And I just don't see that happening this year. Well, I think, they came out and said too that they would be the players union would be fine with like a hundred and forty game schedule and playing double headers two or three times a week. So that would what you'd start that season in like July. Yeah. Uh, I, that, I mean, if they I could pull that off, that'd be interesting. That like you you'd be seeing bullpens used so much differently than you'd be accustomed to because. All those double headers, they add up. The the bullpens would get more taxed because you got multiple games on the same days, multiple times a week. So yeah. starters starters would be crucial. So the Red Sox would be fucked. Fucked. <laughs> yeah, I think they'd probably have to expand um, the roster sizes. Maybe do like the the forty man like they do in September, but all year long. Because I mean that many innings in in a week you can't you just can't fill them with all these guys yeah they're definitely gonna have to make some sort of exception uh to expand the rosters even if it's just a handful even if they only say you can have 30 of your 40 man up yeah. on, the, on the main on the mlb roster the, the bullpens you've got to have a couple extra arms if that's the, if that's the case otherwise you're gonna have so many guys getting getting arm dead getting just throwing their arms into the ground at the midway point of the season, if not sooner, that you'll just – the IL list will be like the Yankees just last year, but league-wide. Right. 
don't know, yeah. It is weird. I, it doesn't feel – I will say this. I miss the NBA and the NHL, but it doesn't feel <laughs> like base, – even though baseball is supposed to be being played right now, it's not like I'm, like, craving baseball because they weren't back to begin with. So, like, I'm not, like – I really feel like the Red Sox should be playing right now. And it's still late in March, so, like – We've also haven't we haven't haven't had a ton of warm weather days this month. We've only had a couple, so like it doesn't feel like baseball weather quite yet, in the sense of it. Uh, so I, I can definitely see where you're coming from there. Uh, but I think as, as April rolls in this week, uh, as the week coming days and weeks come on, and it's we're definitely going to be like, all right, there should be something going on, and then every all the all, all of the other sports are just going to pile up where you're just like fuck i should have something to watch that isn't a replay yeah i just pray i pray they get this under control because if they can somehow if this virus somehow like goes away or whatever and all the sports come back that is going to be like the most electric july breaking news october ever breaking moves uh virginia's new stay-at-home order is effective immediately through june 10th 2020 June 10th? Yep. Well, you know, I don't know if you guys have been following this, but you, I know exactly why they just did June 10th. Because if you've been following the news at all, and I normally don't, but coronavirus has changed that, uh, Liberty University in Virginia decided to reopen class, the school after spring break. And so they have enrollment of, I think, 5,500 kids. And I believe 1,900 of them chose to come back. And within days, a dozen kids got corona, COVID-19. <laughs> and they, the state officials, parents, so many people were blasting the president for opening, reopening the school and whatnot and demanding the kids come back. And the kids didn't have a ton of choices because it's either you literally, you either show up and you put your body and your health at risk or you don't show up and now you're failing all your classes or you have to completely withdraw. And it, put, it was just a lose-lose situation for anyone involved. And this is, this is the fallout. Now, now, they, now they have to, not only does the entire state have to stay at home, now they've got something that's through June 10th. I mean, good for them for finally realizing, sort of rectifying the wrong, but too little too late, in my opinion. They're, they're, that's, you can't do better. This is what happens. June 10th, holy shit. Don't be surprised if that starts becoming the norm. Like other states, like here in Massachusetts, the schools at public, all schools are closed through May 4th. Don't be surprised. They're, they're not going back. They're, they're oh, no school absolutely. is going back to school this year. No like chance. any any sort of day, like so, like I think the the stay at home advisory in Massachusetts is effect in effect till April seventh. Something that's like that. That's gonna get pushed back. To exactly. Every date that you see on an order or advisory or whatnot, it's just it's just a it's just a holder, a placeholder. Everything's gonna keep getting pushed back moved on another couple of weeks, another month or two until we're past this. 
and yeah like wuhan wuhan china which is like where the virus originates from is officially like that basically kind of opening up back again april 7th or april 8th or whatever and that they went into lockdown at the end of december so that's that's four plus months yeah. since they were open so i think that's i don't know how much i trust coming out of that country but like i don't think that they would just magically open up the city even if the numbers they're giving out is wrong i don't think they would open up the city if they didn't have it somewhat under control yeah i mean when are we when are we going into actual like full lockdown like can't go because i saw maryland put like the actual like full lockdown like if you're outside like you can get fined or go to jail yeah uh, california's done that as well but people just ignore it um and even there unless you put down a hard concrete lockdown rule and like you said you you say that the police can arrest or fine you people are going to ignore it so right. and you, you actually are going to need like armed national guard or military vehicle driving down the streets and enforcing it yeah yep well, like you're gonna you're gonna have yeah mm-hmm. you're gonna have to have at the highways at the border of every state you're going to have to just basically draw a line at the border and lock it down and everyone has to stay in the state that they live in i read over the weekend that state troopers in rhode island and state troopers in massachusetts were pulling over cars with new york license plates and just telling them that they are recommended they can't enforce it but they're recommending that they self-quarantine for 14 days but as we know even with someone in the chat that clearly went to new york no one is going to abide by it and they're going to go to waltham the next day and spread this potential virus they have around everywhere and yell at people like me that tell them that they should be safer about it. Yeah, so to answer Zach's question, I really don't know when uh, other states like Massachusetts will move from a stay-at-home advisory or order to total lockdown. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's in in the, the near future. But at, at some point, at some point, it's got to happen because a stay-at-home order is, is not going it's, to, it's not good enough. It, it's not good enough. People are going to ignore it. They're not going to take it seriously, like Jonathan said. And you're, you're not going to be able to, to, you're not going to be able to, to stop this. It, you're going to have people going out and doing things together in, in large groups. And that just, and that's just, there's nothing you can do about that. So the only way that a lockdown is going to work is if you literally take law enforcement, like you said, and you just have to have them go up and down the streets. And if there's anyone outdoors, like on the streets, like it's one thing if you're in your backyard, we, you can't tell someone not to go outside in their backyard, but like, you just, you got to stay off the streets. You, you got to stay off out, out and it, it just stay at home. And there's no way to have that happen without a full, fully enforced lockdown. And some states are trying it. Um, I I think that I think you have to get the whole country involved. The only problem with it is if you go into full lockdown, 
the economy is shit, going to plummet, and who knows how long it'll take for it to bounce back. And that's that's the big thing. Yeah. I mean, especially with, like, small businesses and stuff, like, if they're shut down for two, three months, they're dead. Yeah, absolutely. Like, even, even something that's been, like, successful for 30, 40 years, a four-month stretch of no money, they're fucked. Mm-hmm. You, you look at the Olympics, right? And a lot of the Olympic groups are sort of like mom and pop stuff where it's like, they're really small operations. They, they have these, they have, I'll call it a decent budget, like five, $10 million revenue budget for a, on a yearly basis, but it's all event driven. It's all, and they have very small staffs. So if they're not able to put out those events, they're like the Olympic trials or, uh, other sort of qualifying events, then there, there's all their revenue stream. And now you can't pay your employees and you have to lay them all off. And that's why you're seeing this, the unemployment uh, numbers just skyrocket because these small businesses just can't handle this. And it's, it just sucks. It just sucks for everyone involved. It really does. But it, it, it's, either, it's either we take this serious we take the hit and then we, we let this pass and then we try and do the best to bounce back or we get impatient. We think we're above it and we go out and we ignore things. We ignore all the signs and this just worsens and worsens. Yeah. I mean, I'm so, I think I've said this before, but I am just so worried what's going to happen is you're going to get to a point in like, whatever a couple weeks or a month where cases start coming down you know the daily cases start coming down the deaths start coming down and people go oh it's over it's coming down we're through this and then everyone goes outside and they go to the beach and they go to the club and they go to the restaurants Uh, even if they're even if they're not open people still do stuff outside or whatnot or they'll have a barbecue and they'll invite the whole neighborhood Everyone will celebrate, and then the next week, the cases spike back up to higher than they've ever been before, because once the cases start coming down, if they tell you to wait, you have to wait like a month. I'm just so worried that people aren't going to be able to accept that. Like, the cases are coming down. I'm going outside. Like, you're not going to stop me from doing this. The cases are coming down, bro. And then uh, it just spirals back out of control. I mean, we we all know people that, like, we can easily envision people doing this. Yeah, Nick. Yeah, Nick. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it, it's scary that that, I mean, that's definitely going to happen. I mean, people are already going restless, and when they finally see that things are getting better, they're just going to go outside and fuck this whole thing up again yeah yeah so, brutal yeah. all right uh anyone else have anything they want to talk about uh i miss sports i think we're good all right good news for tiger though he's got another whole year to compete for the olympics still master's <laughs> champion true that's a, that that is another good point is that when if leagues resume, 
anyone, almost everyone that was hurt, unless they had like Tommy John or, or some sort of like mega season ending surgery, should be able to bounce back. So like the Lightning are going to get Steven Stamkos back if the playoffs happen. That's huge for them because they thought they they thought they'd be without him for the first round or two. Yeah, yeah, KD, KD, maybe awesome. Clay. Yeah, Clay for sure. I know they that Kevin Durant was told that they. I've heard that he just wouldn't play whatsoever. But yeah, I heard that play. too. But the thing is, is that they had said. I'm pretty sure Durant's camp had came out and said this was like right after the NBA went into into lockdown was that he wasn't going to play in the regular season if it came back in July. But I believe that his goal this summer, before everything went down, was to actually play in the Olympics in Japan yeah, so this summer. So yeah. if the NBA is having their season in August, when the Olympics would have been, I don't see why Durant wouldn't play. Especially because the Nets will be in the playoffs. They'll be a low seed, but they'll, they'll still be in the playoffs. Yeah. Then if they got him back... Oof. I don't know how that would work because, I mean, Kyrie Irving's out. I don't know how long he was supposed to be out for. I think he was supposed to be out for a handful of months with the shoulder surgery. But if they don't resume till July, he's got all the time in the world to, to rehab. Yeah. So that, right. that's at least from, if, from a playoff perspective, those leagues like the NBA and the NHL, you'd see just about the best sort of the healthiest version of each team possible. So that, that would be kind of cool. You wouldn't have to worry about any injuries. And you might see a push back, uh, push back WBL instead of the FBL starting um, in that genocidal leaders weekend in October, we could have uh, maybe the WBL championship in uh, in (laughs) October. I have my trophy. Gonna hold on to it forever, unless the WBL comes down. We may just have a shrunken WBL. It's true. Nah, nah. WBL playing full 162 this year. No, no, no. I well, I mean, we can play more games, but um, I just mean without maybe the Pauls and the Cam Mooney, or maybe well, Pauls right here, but like. I don't know. I mean, if we have still the core, the core guys, like all of us and Dr. and Alec, is that eight. I mean, I'd still like to be able to play wiffle ball, even if it's in my backyard. We just have hand sanitizer everywhere. Hand sanitizer oh, every place. Ryan gets mad because people wear gloves. Oh, yeah. If you wear a batting glove in the field, get out. <laughs> I'm keeping the germs off my hand. Coward. Oh, yeah. You think you're tougher than COVID-19, bro? No, no. You're, <laughs> you're using the COVID-19 as an excuse to help your fielding. No, I'm using it as an excuse to stay safe. That's not it's what really you're an excuse really at all. It it's just smart. It's just smart. It's not an excuse. Oh, my God. Anything else we got or 
If any sport's going to come back soon, which probably isn't, but it should be golf because uh, they can – just no fans. I don't really know why golf – I mean, I guess they need the revenue from the ticket gates and stuff to fund a lot of the tournaments and the purses and stuff like that, but I don't see why golf couldn't come back sooner than a lot of the other sports. One, because it's outside, which is the biggest thing. It's not in an enclosed area. Like even baseball is outside most of the time. Football's outside, but it's still within an enclosed area. Golf isn't at all. I mean, there's still a shit ton of people required to actually put the cameras out and get everything shot and all that stuff. So even with no fans, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just saying – I'm not saying it's coming back soon. I'm just saying I, I feel like it should be easier to bring it back than a lot of other sports. Yeah. I, yeah, I just don't know without like, – like you said, without the fan revenue. But, I mean, they would be able to raise ad sales so much um, with it being, like, the only game in town. It would be on prime time the whole yeah. time. I mean, it's only Ryan, Ryan be watching it. Yeah. Quasi golf stand. Ryan watching watching a Thursday round. Who thought <laughs> did see the day? Yo, Mark Weiss would definitely be watching because he's the golfer no. we got. <laughs> Keep smacking BS in that TBC six sawgrass. Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing, BS honestly. Yeah. All right, boys. This was fun. Yep. Zach, if you just want to send me the links. Yeah. Uh, stop.